Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Good morning. My brother Lee does not like clutter. Growing up, every time he cleaned his room, anything that he did not want would either end up in the trash or on my bed. How convenient, right? Lee's room was always pretty clean, and he always knew where everything was, which was annoying as his little sister because I could never take a toy because he always knew the second he walked in his room, which is why It was so weird when we got home from high school one day and discovered that he had lost his class ring. Lee never lost anything. Our family immediately went into search mode. Let me tell you, I hated looking for that ring. We spent so much time for so many days looking for a ring. Honestly, after the second or third day, I said we needed to just chalk it up as a loss and never give Lee anything of value ever again. (laughs) After about a week of searching, Lee said he had no idea where it could be. Drawers and closets had been emptied and gone through. He had checked his locker, the band room, the locker rooms, asked his friends, his teammates, his coaches, his teachers. No one had seen his ring. Finally, we decided it was lost, and that was that. It's important to note that in one of the upper cabinets in our kitchen, we had a bowl that we kept wintergreen mints in. Usually, we would open the cabinet, reach up, grab a mint, close the cabinet, and go about our day. Which is why, months later, we were all shocked to hear Lee screaming from the kitchen. The mint bowl was empty, and Lee had pulled it down to refill it and noticed there, at the bottom of the mint bowl, was his class ring. It had somehow fallen off of his finger one day when he had gone to get a mint, and of course we never thought to look in the mint bowl. Why would we? Looking back, it is so funny to think how long we looked for that ring. The hours we spent searching for it and the disappointment Lee had when he thought it was gone for good only to find it with the mints. Perhaps you have spent days searching for a ring or a phone or some article of clothing or possession that you always seem to lose but never want to get rid of. We search for things we love or things that will make our life easier, or things that we do not even realize how much we use them until one day we cannot find them. I read once that we spend half a year over the course of our lifetimes searching for lost items, and I believe it. There's a reason Apple tags are so popular. 
Even if you are not the one who lost something, if you find out your friend can't find a book they may have left at your house, or a pair of earrings they might have been wearing when you were with them the other day, you help them search. We like to help find things that are lost. But I often wonder if this includes the people we interact with as well. Do we look around on Sunday mornings and greet those we've never met before? Will we leave our group of friends and go over and say hello to someone who is new? Are we willing to seek out the lost even if it is uncomfortable? Our scripture this morning is a parable you may have heard before. Jesus tells it to a group of tax collectors and sinners, Pharisees and legal experts. And before I read it, it's important to note that these groups were rarely, if ever, seen together. The Pharisees and legal experts would have considered it unclean to be so close to the tax collectors and sinners. But Jesus, as always, was all about leaning into what we might find uncomfortable to make sure that all were included. Here now as I read Luke chapter 15 verses 3 through 7. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose someone among you had 100 sheep and lost one of them. Wouldn't he leave the other 99 in the pasture and search for the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he is thrilled and places it on his shoulders. When he arrives home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, celebrate with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life than over 99 righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. God, we thank you so much that you never stop looking for us. When we wander off, you always follow after us, helping us to find our way and leading us home. Guide our steps. Amen. Here's what's tricky. Sheep just get lost on their own. They wander off. They start eating, and all of a sudden, they look up and are removed from the group. And sheep don't make a noise to let you know they are lost. Once they realize they have been separated from the group, they will lie down and try not to make any noise so that a predator won't find and attack them. Or even after this parable, there is the parable of a lost coin. That coin didn't lose itself. It was dropped or left or misplaced. And that coin certainly isn't going to cry out or start blinking to say, here I am. And sometimes that can be the case with people we are around, our friends and our family. Sometimes they get lost 
and it might take us some time to notice or to see what is really going on. Perhaps you have had a friend or even felt yourself drifting away from your group. Maybe you were struggling with something that no one else would understand. So instead of asking for help, you drifted further and further away. And it is hard for us to stand up and say, hey, I'm over here, help me out. I think about our neighbors or those we may pass on the street who may want to stand up and yell, hey, I'm over here and I need some help. Yet just keep walking or notice when we look the other way. Or even people when they visit us for the first time, they may walk into our church thinking, I really hope someone talks to me today. I need human connection and this is the only place that I am going to find it. But because we're human, we may miss the signs. We may not see someone's cry for help or it may ask us to go further than we are comfortable with. But this parable isn't just about finding something that was lost, it is also about going outside of our comfort zone. The Pharisees and legal experts that are hearing what Jesus is saying are already uncomfortable with who he is with. But I imagine as they hear this parable, they grow even more uncomfortable. This parable is the first of three about lost things being found that Jesus tells in this chapter. The heading in my Bible for this chapter is occasions for celebration. The sheep is found and a celebration is had. The coin is found and a celebration is had. And in the third parable, the prodigal son returns home and a celebration is had. Now, you might be thinking, well, having a celebration doesn't seem like something we would be uncomfortable with. I mean, who doesn't love a good party, right? Unless you're an introvert. But the thing about celebrations are that if you are having one, that must mean that those who are celebrating with you have been welcomed. They have been invited by you to join the celebration. And if there is one thing that is true, it is that saving is so much easier than welcoming. Saving someone or doing something good in a specific moment is easy. It's about power. I have, you need. But welcoming is all about familiarity. It is a closeness. It takes the individual aspect of just saving someone and leaving and changes it to a communal aspect of allowing someone to be included in what previously may have been a private group. And if there is one thing we can gain from reading the Gospels, it is that the Pharisees loved being on the inside when others were on the outside. They followed the rules, they stayed clean, 
and they avoided anyone and anything that might cause them to do otherwise. So, not only are the Pharisees hearing a story about going out and seeking that which is lost, they are told that once it is found, the best thing to do is celebrate. To welcome something they would have said good riddance to back into the fold. They are being pushed to understand that those on the fringes of society are integral to what the community in all of its fullness should be. Jesus is telling them that if one goes missing, we are all affected. But when one is restored, we are all better off for it. When Lee found his ring, it was like our entire family was able to sigh a breath of relief. It wasn't just that he found his ring, it was the peace of mind that came from knowing that order had been restored, that this item that had been on the back of our minds was now taken care of. So how can a life being found not be so much more rewarding? In verse seven, Jesus says, in the same way I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life than over 99 righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives. Because that one is now part of the whole. When none are lost, the community is complete and rejoicing happens. This the rejoicing with others, the seeking relationships with others, even when it is uncomfortable, is what was so hard for the Pharisees and legal experts. And I think the same thing happens in our society and in our world. It is hard for us to let someone new in, whether that is a new student at our school or a new coworker in our office, or even a visitor in our church. Sometimes I wonder if we are so fearful of what it is we do not know that we are afraid to rejoice and welcome others in. Fear of the unknown is a real thing. It's why we haven't applied for that new job or taken that solo trip or joined that club. Why willingly put ourselves in a position where we will not know anyone or might end up embarrassing ourselves? It is so much easier to continue doing what we have always done. In October of 2013, I boarded a plane and left my family and friends for two years. I moved to South Korea where I did not know the language or anyone in the town that I was moving to and only one person in the entire country. My first few weeks there were rough. I hated going anywhere other than the church, which was two blocks from where I lived, because I was so afraid that I would get lost and have no way to figure out how to get back to my apartment. To make matters worse, 
Everyone who lived in my apartment building avoided me like the plague. Now sure, it's not like I could have had a conversation with them, but they would not even smile at me. I'm not sure that in the five months I lived there, I ever made eye contact with anyone else. But one day after church, a woman named Yesul, who was about my age, walked up to me, introduced herself, and welcomed me into her family. I became a regular at her dinner table, and almost every weekend from then on, I spent it with her and her sister and their cousin. I spent the Lunar New Year with her family, and I was there for the opening of her aunt and uncle's new restaurant. Before Yesul came along, I felt a lot like a lost sheep. I had wandered away from home and looked around to see that I didn't know where I was or who would be able to help me. And even though I was there to work at this church, the members of that church were not always the best at reaching out to bring me in, at least not until Yesul came along. I think, and I understand, why they were afraid of what is different, something that is new, someone who hasn't been here before and does not know our rules. Duke Eisen shared with me something a friend of his always says, the problem with letting Jesus into your heart is that he is going to bring all his friends. Welcoming the lost, seeing them as other than lost, is hard work. Going out in search of a lost sheep takes time. Looking for anything we may have misplaced takes time. But once it is found, once we are welcomed back into the fold, goodness, what a celebration that will be. What a gift it is that we worship a God who, when we get lost, is always there to find us and lead us back. And we are led back not to a disappointed discussion on not getting lost and doing better, but to a party with all of the company of heaven. May we always remember the joy that is found in community that until we are all together, we will never be complete. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings. Blessings.